You can have all the money in your hand All the possessions anyone can ever have But it's all worth it's treasure True worth is only measured Not by what you got, but what you got in your heart You can have, you can have Good 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip-hop music, the quiet storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio Every weekend night with Princess Cooper Never had it so good radio Now on 101.1 And it's 24-7 The world's best radio station In this day and time Stereotypes are the false descriptions For all of humanity James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities you will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. Like you know. 
there is a supreme being uh, that we need to uh, pray to and have a a connection with that controls our moral values. But there seems also to be a human behavior that has been with us from the very beginning. And that human behavior is, is sexuality and the intermingling of men and women related to intimacy. And so I want to talk about the fact that, you know, we have, it has been said that prostitution is the oldest career in existence. And we know that uh, there was a time when spoke of prostitution and it is thought of as just a moral wrong despite how long it has been with us we've always looked at it as something that we don't want to see our women be involved in but we know that people are involved with it all the time and in our society we use sex to sell everything uh, women, beautiful women are everywhere on our TV ads and in our shows displaying sexuality and being paid for it. And so today I just want to have an honest conversation about how is it is that we exist in this dichotomy of a multi-billion dollar industry porn is where people are paid to video take themselves being involved in sexual activity but yet we're still putting people in jail doing that in a private situation and I don't necessarily have a answer to the problem I just want to talk about the problem because I understand that nobody wants their neighborhood to be inundated by people who are walking the street and being involved in prostitution. But there's another level of prostitution that is not on the street. And as we look at this, as we talk about it, how are we going to justify allowing one industry to be a multi-million dollar industry while we still are putting people in jail for any time, what might be called a private communication. And so I just want us to be, to talk about it honestly and see where we come at. And again, while we're making all these adjustments related to drugs, there is no conversation whatsoever about this particular subject. And what I guess I'm trying to ask is, how do we justify when we say that we don't get in everybody's business, that we have a, we only have one place in America where brothels are legal. Everywhere else in our country, we are committed to eradicating 
prostitution, no matter what its form comes in. And I understand the moral side of it. But I just want to ask you about the contradiction and how do you think or feel or think something that we'll ever get rid of or will it, is it just something that's going to always be with us? When you think about the conversation that men and women have related to this when you say, you know, somebody's paying somebody's car note or somebody's paying somebody's light bill or they're paying their rent and that's the only reason that they're having these private, intimate moments, is that different than someone who gives somebody $200 and it be done with it? You know, and how do we, when we see immoral behavior in every other aspect of our lives, we still condemn women or men who find themselves needing uh, to make money in this oldest occupation. Uh, Nate, I'm going to go to you first. What, what is your thought about, you know, how it is that we are ready to flip the script on marijuana but nobody is talking about how many people are jailed every day, year after year, throughout our country, related to a private conversation between two adults. Man, you 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 picked the doozy tonight. That 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 is such a uh, a a contradiction. Cause like you said, there's only one place in the United States where a brothel is legal. That's in Las Vegas, and you know, we put such an emphasis on other things, like you said, drugs. We, we and, but when it comes to this right here, nobody wants to talk about it. And I think one of the reasons why nobody wants to talk about it, 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 it requires a lot of exposure. You know, the people who are trying to make all these laws, and it's, it's somewhat caught up in it themselves. You know, like you say, even though, um, this is the oldest profession since knowing mankind. I don't think it's ever going to go nowhere because it's, it's been on this earth way before my time. <clears throat> but you got people and powerful people that's in high positions that's endorsing this. Of course, they keep it on the hush-hush and everything, but they're endorsing this. And it is a shame because this is where uh, we get into uh, um, sex slaves that, you know, uh, transporting um, people from country to country. You know, I was in different countries. We saw a lot of this, you know, uh, when I was in Germany, you know, uh, prostitution, though, that was legal. I mean, they, they had them in, in storefront windows and everything. They All they had to do was make sure that it was clean. They had to keep their medical card clean. But this kind of thing does not get enough attention because they don't want it to get enough attention. Because too many people with big pockets have their hands in that. And it's, it's funny, though, because at our level, we call it prostitution. At their level, they want to call call girls. So, so, so it's kind of funny to me. Then, then, well, like you say, you got porn right there. They're interested making in, in between seven to nine billion dollars a year, and it's so easy to get to. You can get on your phone and watch a pornographic, uh, pornographic scene and everything. Or you, you, or you can watch um, webcams, live sex acts, and everything. They charge all kind of money. So, what is the difference? That that to me, that is electronic. Um, prostitution right there, because um, I know plenty of guys who spend hours a day 
looking at it and losing money. So that's an addiction itself. It's just like gambling. But nobody wants to talk about it because a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Uh, some kind of way got their hands involved in it. Yeah, it is amazing to me that you cannot pay someone for a private act, but you can't if you get a license to videotape or be a director of a picture, then you can pay them to videotape them doing it and spread that video all over the country and make millions of dollars off of it. So it it is Mm -hmm. odd that our moral values uh, seem to be steadfast in one aspect of the act, but yet we let another part of the act just grow wild. Uh, So, Cheryl, what what is wrong with America? Just like um, uh, Nate said, there are countries all over, uh, over the world that have legalized prostitution to the point that they have people sitting in display windows. But yet in America, we, we have a booming pornography business, but it yet closed down what we suggest is the moral act of prostitution. Good evening, and how's everyone doing this evening? Um, you know, what it is, and it seems like to me after reading the articles, is as long as you can make this money in secret, mm-hmm. then it's okay. Um, but if it's if you're exposed, then you're in trouble. So to me, it's a... Like they said, it's a billion-dollar industry, and that's all that people is trying to make, money. And whatever way that they're trying to make money, you know, they're putting together these businesses. And they're getting away with it. As long as you don't get caught, you can make the money. The minute that you get caught and exposed, then we have to act like something is wrong with it. So as I'm going to turn my, turn my head although I know it's going on, but as long as you don't get caught, you can make all the money that you want to make. And I mean, you know, we can clearly tell from when the madams were caught and the, um, and we found out all of these big time people who were actually on the books as far as, you know, with, Prostitution, prostitutes. So that's just like everything else. It's all about the money. And and you're right, they sell it. Um, I'm not sure if they still sell the Playboys and the Playgirls magazines. They sell it. But as long as you're not caught doing it where we gonna, then we're going to say it's illegal. But everything is about money. I mean, when we see today with television, the main thing that is said, sex sales. We got to have some sex going on. How we get rated, you know, aura or whatever the ratings is. But now if we doing it where... We're not in a um, a reputable company, so they say, 
meaning, you know, with the movie industry or something like that, then, and you're caught, then you can go to jail for it. So it's so ironic how it's good to a certain degree. Just don't cross the line and don't get caught. Make all the money you want, but don't get caught. And if you do, and Kathy, I mean, um, expect the exposure. Kathy, I'm hearing that in California, they're talking about there's a, a lawsuit about making it legal in California. But the other thing is there's a segment of our society that teaches the girls, listen, that is one of your most valuable assets, and you are never to give it away free. So that there, you know, there's a segment of our society who teaches our girls to use their sexuality and their body to get husbands, friends, or uh, to get to adultery, or all kind of ways to use their sexuality to take care of themselves. That if you're going to be intimate with somebody, at least do it with somebody who is going to benefit you and give you money. So when I ask the question, the woman who's getting her light bill paid or getting her car note made or a house note made, is she participating in the same? Are we just suggesting that the only true prostitutes are the ones who are on the street? Good afternoon, uh, James, everybody. Good afternoon. Um, Well, you can look at that, James, in two ways. You can look at it in um, the world's way, and you can look at it biblically. Now, biblically, it is, that is prostitution, that's fornication, but in the world's sense, it's not. That's the way of living. And then we have to think about who is writing uh, the script for these particular things. There's this movie called The Client's List, and it, it deals directly with what you're talking about, where um, the men are going into this establishment. I mean, not for anything in particular but a massage, but in, in the time they're getting the massage, they're getting a little bit of other things too, and they're paying for it. Um, it's sad to say that... Um, as a Christian, you have to look at it as um, that is something wrong. But then in the world, where I remember in the world, you know, I, if you didn't have money, then I couldn't talk to you, you know, because if you wanted something from me, then I had to get something from you. But, you know, as you grow, then you start thinking about things differently. And I believe as an adult, you know, you got to distinguish the two as an adult and as a, a child. You know, as an adult, when men and women are together, men give women things, women give men things, but I wouldn't consider that to be prostitution. I would consider that to be them giving gifts. And I understand and respect that, you know, when people are exchanging gifts, uh, because they ultimately care for each other, then that's then that would be taken out of the realm of it. But if you're a woman who's saying, "Look, I need my hair done, I need my nails done, uh, I sometimes run short on on my bills," and if you can't be the man to handle those things, 
uh, then you can't participate in, in us being intimate. Well, that's that's a, what we call tit for tat. You know, no, you know. So you have to ask is, you know, what is it that we're suggesting? It seems like the lower you go, like Cheryl was saying, the lower you go on the economic scale, it it, it becomes illegal. But the higher you go on the economic scale, when you're a call girl or you're an escort, uh, then you can uh, dodge the criminal activity of it. Uh, you know, so when you think of it like that, um, it seems that the only people are being locked up or the regular Joe and the regular um, the regular girls. Nate, it seems like it's a little it's about economics. It's all about economics. I mean, unfortunately, um, money will make the world go around. Like I said, at my level, you know, um, they call hookers, they call, call hoes, call everything in the book. You know, at a congressman level, as a, as a call girl, and but they're gonna do everything they can, like like Michelle had said earlier. Uh, keep it hush hush. As long as we can do it under the table and everything, there's there's no problem. You know. Then at the same time, I, I watched this TV show. It came, it came out two years ago. It was trying to rescue uh, prostitutes off the street and everything. Because first of all, um, some some of them some of the women out there feel like they have no choice but to be out there. That's how they survive. You know, like uh, like the young lady said. You know, depends on how the world looking at it. Some of them out there. Feel like this is how I'm I'm going I'm going to make my money. Um, some feel like I can make my money doing this for a little while, then leave it. Everybody's doing it for different reasons, but the ultimate reason is it's about that money. And, and as long as the money continues to flow in it, there's no there's there's no stopping it. You know because I mean this this has been going on for years. I mean it's it's, it's even go back into biblical um, times when prostitution was strong. You know, and it is—it's not gonna go nowhere. But the economics of it is depends on how high on the food chain you are. You know, how in the food chain that you are, you know, the more it's gonna be hush hush. Low in the food chain you are, get caught going into jail. They gonna make sure that they, uh, you get you get you um you get busted. If I get caught right now, they ain't gonna give me no break. They gonna throw me in jail for prostitution. That's exactly what they are gonna say. If somebody out there with some money, they know who they are. He said, "Well, you know, we we only let it slide this time, but don't let it happen again. So, just like prostitution, it's it's just like everything else. It's just based on how deep your pockets is. Thank you, uh, D. What what are your thoughts about this? When we look at this, is the kept woman or the chick on the side? Is she a prostitute? Uh, she is staying because of." monetary gain as well. So what what do we call the people who are kept in the nice uh, apartment on the corporate dollar and the person who is uh, uh, being the, the, the second chick who is keeping our lights on and their children fed? Um, well, good evening, everybody, and uh, thank you, James, for another great topic. I, I do want to say, James, you're a brave man. Uh, you're a brave man to, <laughs> yes, to, bring such a, to bring such a topic up to the forefront and, and 
insisting on some truth on the topic. Uh, you opened up the topic uh, speaking about how our country is um, uh, is uh, fashioned, if I can use that word, behind uh, the the morality and the sovereign of uh, and respect of God. Uh, in that, um, you know, there there's a human element that has to be addressed or at least identified. And so now to answer your question about what you asked me about the chick on the side, sure enough, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, you can all look. You, you can always call it for what it is, and it's a modest way of prostituting or or, or offering um, exchanges for faith. Be nice about it and say it like that. Um, you know, you've heard you've heard the OJ song. Uh, I got what you want. You got what I want. So let's be with each other. And so um, now, but when you come, when you talk about uh, legalizing it, like like you do marijuana, um, the um, the hard fact is that um, there has to be some regulatory statutes put into that. Um, you know, uh, we have to be sure. Like they were saying, <clears throat> um, it deals with the economic scale of things, and the law. Uh, the person is on the economic scale. Uh, things have a chance; they have a tendency to get sleazy and nasty, and that puts you in the in the ballpark of uh, uh, sex slave and and child endangerment and stuff like that. So, um, uh, regulatory um, ideas have to be put into place. But uh, to answer your question. Um, you know, everybody everybody partakes in this this act of releasing oneself. Let's be let's be fact. Let's be true about this now. Uh, releasing oneself. Some some people have um, persons that they can rely on. Let's be fair. Let's be adult. Others do not. In the case of uh, Bill Cosby, I brought that up. Uh, had he went about that escapade in a different way and offer money in exchange for what it was he was looking for as opposed to using barbiturates or whatever it was, quaaludes or whatever it was he was using uh, allegedly, the outcome would have would have been different. So, um, you know, um, when a person uh, have needs and you want to partake, then you have to follow the rules. And 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 so, but no uh, ministers, uh, people in clergy, sure, they all they all go there. Let's not let's not play with it. Um, Jimmy Swagger, just for one, they happen to get caught. Um, um, the mayor in in Washington D.C. just happened to get caught, but they all go there. They go there. So um, if you want to minimize some of the tension behind that profession, then do what you do, uh, but there have to, be, have to be some regulatory statute put in place. Now, when it comes down to the moral issue, you know, that's a personal choice. It's a personal choice, you know. Uh, everybody can't be on the same page. The world is just not designed in that way. I, for one, uh, you know, a, a person who has no interest in it is probably too 
too much over the heels to partake in, in the exercise of doing so in the first place. But uh, one last thing I want to say. Uh, the Internet now is the new, is the new brothel, all right? And the other brothel mm-hmm. is the strip club. Right? These girls make $1,000 a night just taking it off and don't have to, and don't have to do anything. So um, there, there are ways now, um, and, you know, men, men, men have to enjoy, I suppose, and I'm just making a point. Thank you, James. You know, one of the things that we need to be honest about is a lot of what we're talking about is unavoidable by most men. And I'm going to use the word most, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to say this. There is a short period of time when – a young man becomes a man, and he is aware of things outside of himself that a lot of people give a lot of attention to. So when I went off to college, there are a lot of things that I had never done while I was living in my mama's home, and then all of a sudden I go to South Carolina, and I'm free from the parent being in control of my comings and goings. And then at that point, I was in a little small town. And one of the best, one of probably the best things that ever happened to me was I went to school in a little small town and was able to get in there and get out of there with my degree without much, without many problems. But had I been in a place like Atlanta, or um, a metropolitan city where young men got together and they went to strip clubs and they got to know these women uh, who were doing these kinds of uh, to get paid, a lot of young men become friends with these kinds of people when they're young, thinking that it's fun and it's entertaining. Uh, and who try to get out of it or think by the time they become finished with college and who are, you know, they get older, then they they, they deviate from that. And I'm going to be honest, that was what happened. I I got, you know, it became taboo after a couple of years, but while I was in college, you know, the young men would go to those places before they go to the nightclub. And uh, so, but real quickly it became blase old and and uh and you never did it anymore but certainly our young men and young women are getting you don't see any older women at the strip you don't see any 40 and 50 and 60 year old women on the pole i don't believe they weren't there when i was a young man <laughs> so now we ask ourselves you know how committed are we to really be being moral, Cheryl, when we have these kind of things in places like Orlando, might have 50 or 60 of these types of clubs, and these girls are doing, they have clientele after they get off. When you say how moral, I mean, it's not at all. Um, and I mean, it's everywhere. And, you know, you talk about the men, but um, it takes the women involvement to do it. So, you know, a lot of times we want to blame the men 
but it's not all the men. So, I mean, this is, you know, man, I mean, it's really had me with, um, really had me thinking because, you know, I know people and I want to say, you know, even at a time that when they conversated, just like, you know, um, was mentioned just a minute ago about women did this to pay their bills or they wanted to live a certain lifestyle. And most of the men that their involvement with was married because they didn't want the strings attached, but they wanted everything that went along with it. They wanted their bills paid. They didn't want, you know, you to be all up in their face all the time. They want to be able to drive a nice car, um, apartment, you know, and I never forget, never. Um, my first husband and I, we had a grocery store and a man out there, which was a friend of the family, um, came to me with a proposition and said, now, I mean, this is a married man. This is, was, um, family man, um, my husband's family and the proposition was that if you left I would put you up in a hotel in a in an apartment. I would pay all of your bills, care of you. Now I'm thinking, that's owning me. You know, what happens if I don't do what you say? You know, and I'm just I'm just think it that made me think back because at the time it was a no brainer because I mean I'm I'm never involved in nobody, you know, like that. And for sure, if I'm married to somebody, I'm not going to be sleeping with somebody else. But just the audacity. And, I mean, he was well-respected in the family. So, I mean, to me, it's like you well-respected, but you, you're a piece of scum. And I really couldn't tell nobody nothing, but that's just what I thought of him. And, I mean, it's happening all the time. The things that we would do with money and for money. You know, people with money think they can buy whoever they want and do however they want, and people who need money will take this. And, I mean, live a life that was so demeaning. So, no. <laughs> I mean, this is way, you know, this this is not... This is not the word. You know, this was meant for married people, not just all loose and wild. What it is, is who got the most money and who willing to give up. And I don't think it'll ever go away. Cassie, one of the things I remember one of my uncles telling me and and literally, I used to say he was my favorite uncle because he was so funny. He was so streetwise and so funny. But he would always just tell you, like, what life was. like. And he told me when I got ready to go to college, he said, listen, go up there, get your degree, and don't worry about, them, worry about women because if you always have money, you'll always have women. And when I think of him saying that now, I think that, Men who have substance, the majority of their money 
they go to work every day, and they may say, well, I go to work for my house, I go to work for my car. But ultimately, the majority of that money, if they went back and, and gave an account for it, goes to to women and goes to them in a way by way of either they're paying for their company or they're paying for the extravagant things they need to entice them. So this occupation is not going to go away because it's so ingrained in in the mental mentality of men. Are you there, Cassie? Yes, James, I'm here, but so what's the question? <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, it, how do we how do we try to regulate something that is so ingrained in almost every man in existence as he grows up, you know, you can you probably do you believe or let me just ask you cuz you have two boys. Do you think the majority of men find themselves at some point in their life going into these topless bars? Yes. I mean, every uh, I I believe every man has has been there. If not there, they went somewhere else and and tried it. I mean, it's I just believe it's just part of um, the makeup of a man and the makeup of a woman. We, I mean, even there's even a scripture in the Bible that talks about how we can entice a man uh, with our looks. So I mean, and then a man is drawn to is drawn to those type of women, and even those that are married, even those that are committed, they still their eyes still will look at a beautiful woman if a beautiful woman passes by, you know. So I mean, I don't think there will ever we will that the government will ever be able to control it, but I do believe they're going to try to uh, make it legal just like they're trying to do completely with marijuana so that they can get uh, money off of it because it's all about money. It's about money. And any kind of way that they can get money off of it, they're going to do it. And there's no way that they'll be able to um, stop um, prostitution, whether it's on the street, whether it's a a list of of high-powered men going into establishments, they they will never be able to stop it. Every now and then, there will be a bus where you you will see all of these high-powered people being busted because they were going into these establishments. But to stop it, I don't think it will ever be stopped. And, Regina, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, uh, you know, because it's almost a rite of passage for young men uh, to go to these places. And is it fair for all the the might of our, our law enforcement to always be put on the people at the bottom, the the young girls who find themselves having to be on the street are the ones who get the true force of law enforcement. But the ones that are call girls or escorts or kept women are protected. Good evening. Uh, You may or may not be able to hear me very well because I'm in the back of a building where my office is. But um, 
I would like I would liken that to um, the street level drug dealers. They're the ones who are actually getting the force of the of law enforcement when they aren't actually the ones that are bringing the drugs into the United States and into the neighborhoods. So I, I guess they kind of catch what they who they can catch easily. Yeah, and it is so, you know, like D and um, and Nate said, it seems like it is so uncontrollable, and the desire and the need is so great uh, that people are willing to do crazy illegal things uh, to promote this. Uh, they're willing to kidnap children. They're willing to kidnap uh, adults from other countries. Uh, seem to be uh, willing uh, to to pay these exorbitant prices or go to these uh, scumful places, and they're driven there just because our society is so caught up in to sex. So, Nate, you know, it, it doesn't matter um, how much law enforcement does. There's going to always be someone who's willing to take it across the line. You know what is it, you know we was talking about um, strip clubs and stuff like that. And I was sitting here thinking, you know, what you said it comes to a, a young man's tell me his life when he's away from home. And I'm, I'm just gonna tell him myself and everything. So y'all please don't judge. But it was, it was many years ago. The last time I've been to a strip club was in uh, February eighth, nineteen ninety four, when I graduated basic training. And in the military, it's really crazy because if you go to any uh, town that has a military town, I guarantee they're going to have a strip club. I guarantee they're going to have some type of brothel going on because that's, they know they make money off of military personnel. And even to the, at that level, a lot of times law enforcement does turn a blind eye toward that because they don't want to be locking up soldiers and stuff. And I remember that night, it was so funny though because I was just so glad talking to me, I literally gave her all my money for that month just because she was talking to me. I wasn't trying to uh, have sex or anything. I was just glad to see a female. I ain't seen a female almost three months. So, but she knew that and she took advantage of me. And some of them, some of them know what they be doing. And they, and she was, I was ordering drinks. I'm I'm drunk. I'm talking. I, I'm gonna marry you tomorrow, baby. And knowing. It wasn't going to happen. So I left drunk and broke and had to get up in the morning around five miles. And I made it my business. If I even drive by a strip club today, I throw an orange at it because I want my money back. But at the same time, you know, we contribute to this. I contribute to that night. You know, I contribute to her fun to make a fool out of Nate fun that night. And police officers, they turned the blind eye. They knew what we was doing. You know, they knew exactly what the soldiers were doing. So if you go to any military town, I guarantee you somewhere within a five-mile radius, there's going to be a strip club. There's going to be some type of brothel action going on. And we are contributing to that. I just wanted to add add that. Thank you. And, and Nate, uh, so that you won't be the only one uh, that is honest, I want to just share with you that that – that age between 20 
No, no, I'm gonna go a little further down. Eighteen to twenty-five yep. is when That's you're eight. willing to do some of the craziest things that you can think of. You know, my thought after I left college was I always wanted to go to Brazil, and mm. uh, only because that's where they say the life was crazy. That you go to Brazil, there's another world in Brazil that doesn't exist anywhere else. Now, I have never made it to Brazil, but it has always been my dream when I was a youngster to go to Brazil and be a young man off the chain. And you know that it must still be true because some of the um, some of uh, Barack Obama's um, protection got fired as a result of going to Brazil because mm-hmm. in Brazil, prostitution is legal. So it is just something, you know, we need to be honest about as we continue to close the door of prostitution being legal here in the state. It is legal in other fashions that, again, like you say, the police turn their head to uh, D. And so, you know, we, we can say that prostitution is illegal, but there are many forms of prostitution uh, that is going on that people don't have to be afraid of getting arrested if they got enough money in their pocket. Oh, that's, that's so true, James. Uh, I want to hit on something, James, that you brought up an excellent, a very good point. And, uh, and you, you and Nate been talking about it for the past five minutes or so. And it's about, it's about the window of longevity or the, the window of youth that a man has to partake in sexual activity. Uh, that window being probably between the ages of um, 14 to probably 30, 35 before the man starts seeing some difference in uh, stamina and, and the willingness or the readiness to do so. Now, I think that's very important because women... Uh, probably have the same, probably have the same issue, um, but the, the the mechanism in, in in doing so is a lot different. And, you know, that's why you see so many men going through this midlife crisis because they're trying to prove to themselves that they still got it, or they can, or they can still do it, and so. Um, you know, so when it comes down to the underlying understanding of the the dirty word prostitution, um, it is understandably in in a subculture kind of way acceptable because you know, um, you know, we all get those days when uh, we go through stuff and we are we'll be about to fuss. So we have gone through those days. Let's see. Let's say that we'll be about the bust, uh, the pressure of uh, or anxieties of life. I have a tendency to kind of weigh on you sometimes, but sometimes after uh, a good uh, involvement of sexual activity, then they're able to get back to some normal Um, You know, but I spoke I spoke about you know having some kind of regulatory statutes in place uh, because you still got people that will probably uh, use forcefulness in trying to implement their sexual appetite. So, um, uh, you know, I think we're a little bit off 
as far as seeing this being uh, legalized, I still think legalizing uh, marijuana is a bad idea. Uh, but um, we, we seem to be going out in that direction. But I, I'm really enjoying the conversation, James, and thank you for letting me share that. Uh, Cheryl, it seems as though men are bent on not letting go of that part of themselves and they're willing to spend any amount of money uh, to retain uh, that youthfulness that they've already had. So this industry is not going to go anywhere where men are willing to to to, um, to put any amount of money to making themselves uh, extend their fountain of youth. Yeah, I guess that's the case. Um, you know, like I said, I haven't. Um, that's that's basically the only story that I could really tell as far as, um, you know, I guess um, that would relate close to that. But, um, I mean, that was definitely, you know, thought-provoking, those, um, the information that you sent for us to read, because that was just something that, I just never thought about. I mean, I really hadn't thought about it. Um, the only other phrase that I know is that people say, you know, sex sales as far as, you know, TV. But then when you think about it, you know, it makes me think back to how men I've known to be fools. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, a piece of something that they're getting. Um, and the word is that I won't use, but, um, and it's like that they would just do anything. And here again, I could not see myself. Um, and I'm telling you, I've been homeless. I've been in the car and I could, I, I've never thought about getting somebody, a man to pay my bills for me to come up. That just has never been, you know, one of those thoughts. So, and I don't understand what it is that, um, you know, some of these well-known men and, um, like was said, you know, they call them call girls or, or a lady for the evening or the night or however they call it. Um, I'm going to go back to what you said, morally, morally wrong. That's morally wrong. But, um, I just think that this is something that's just not going to go away in no form. And and the sad thing about it is now the kids are getting caught up in it. You know, I mean, there was an article that I read um, about how, you know, younger kids are being involved. And now we got the selling, you know, sex slaves for kids and they're being kidnapped and, this is what they're being sold for. And this is, you know, a part of the industry, making money. And, I mean, what all we would do, you know, for money? And that's the thought. What all? What are you willing to do for money? And some people are willing to do just about anything. They're willing to kidnap a child and to sell them you know, for sex to make money. Man, I don't know how we can begin to tackle 
or even because it just it's getting worse. It's not it's not getting better. It's getting worse because at one time we couldn't do some of the things on television that's being done now. I mean, it's just disgraceful. So um, I don't know. I'm just shaking my head to it. <laughs> Something that well. Yeah. Cassie, let me go to you and ask you, and then I'm going to go to Regina. Cassie, in some ways, I think that God has always been unfair. You know, I believe in God, and I believe in my creator. But somehow he's instilled in us an unequal desire when it comes to men and women. That men men find it almost torturous uh, not to have a woman at their, you know, with them throughout their lives. And women, on the other hand, seem to be at peace until they find a man that they like. And so men are somewhat always in search of the the lady that they can, can be with No, James, we can't hear you. Anybody there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I muted myself. Why is it that you feel we feel like we are always struggling? Men are always struggling with that side of themselves, Cassie, where they are seen seem to be uh, at the weakness where they destroy their legacy because of their need to go and and have these women control them. I'm sorry, James, but you have to ask a man that I don't know why you got Easter or weak <laughs> and have to be controlled by a woman. I don't know. That's how all I can talk to you about is the woman's side and give you uh, my opinion on the woman's side. So as far as that part, I don't know. But, again, it talks about in the Bible how the beauty of a woman and how the man sees a woman. You know, the beauty of a woman is just to have that woman. I, I don't know. It's, it's a mystery. That is a mystery, and that's something only God knows because he created us. You know, he created the woman to be the way that she is and created him to be the way that he is and the desire of the two to be together. And that's why um, when they talk about same-sex marriage or, you know, it's okay for two men and two women, it's not because God created a woman to be beautiful, to have the things that man desire. And that's why they, uh, I, I just believe that's why they um, are crave the woman so much. And as far as the woman as well, because she craves uh, a man as well as the men crave a woman. So I don't know, James. I, I, hear, I hear you saying that, Cassie, and I lost all my men. I don't know why they they disappeared on me. But the problem I have or I see is, is I, as I've grown older and I've gotten to the age of 57, it always seemed that women have been able to control their sexuality and their desires. Uh, a lot of cases, women have gone years uh, without being intimate with men. And certainly once they reach the right man, 
they are more involved in love than they are involved in lust. But certainly when we look at biblical things, when all of us uh, have a, a sense of um, the religious, I mean, the the, the stories, and, you know, you, we see these things where men were put to death are placed in a, 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 a place where they might die so another man might be able to take that woman. Or when um, uh, Samson fell to uh, Delilah. And it, it just seems that men are incapable of controlling themselves enough to stay out of that kind of trouble, Regina. And I know that, uh, again, you know, Cassie said, ask the men, but the men left. Okay, now, um, and I and again, dang. I'm saying, look like the, my God played a joke, and the joke don't always feel funny when we uh can't even in the old age dismiss that sexual aside of, our, of ourselves when D talks about how we're we're fighting to remain youthful. Uh, but the fight is uh, always lost. Well, what's the question? Tell, tell, tell me the question again. Why did you do what? So why why did why is there such a difference between men and women? And I know you can't tell it uh, uh, from a point of uh, authority, but obviously there is a difference between us. And we talk about how uh, there are a lot of women who are married and who can stay married indefinitely without having a a sexual um part of themselves satisfied but most men can't do that well which leads to things like prostitution mm. well do you um and, and I'll ask Kathy this Kathy you think it may go back to um to Abby when um, you know, after the Garden of Eden, and maybe there's just this this natural or unnatural force that men are going to or crave that they're going to have as a result of that initial sin. And you you're right; it does go all the way back to the beginning. Because had Adam had the ability to say, look, that woman did something you told her not to, you need to give me a new one, we might be in a better place. So maybe it goes all the way back, and um, and and it's just going to keep going forward. You just can't help it. It's just an unnatural thing. And I'm saying unnatural because originally that is not what, how God intended things to be. Natural would have been the way he intended before the, the sin. So now this this unnatural thing that, that's going on, um, maybe that's why. All of it is a result of initial sin. Well, I know that for me, it has been a part of my life uh, much longer than I would like to suggest. And so, Cheryl, when I say that 
I remember, you know, my daughter was born when I was 16, and that means that she was conceived when I was 15. And the truth is, is that I had, I found myself liking girls at a very early age. And even now, you know, you just find yourself trying to figure out all of this. And it just seems that women have always had a better grip on that part of themselves than men. Well, yeah, um, most women um, mature a whole lot faster than men do. And when I say that, I'm saying most. I'm not saying all. And we are able to handle things a whole lot um, differently because, you know, on average, when a young man has a child with someone, the young man is no longer in the the life of the person as well as, you know, the young lady and the child. And a lot of it has to do with maturity and the head that the man is actually thinking with. So that usually gets them in a lot of trouble and they're not ready for it. You know, we as women, even if we're not ready, we get, we get ready because we have nine months to prepare. I mean, we are feeling it. You know, there's a lot that's going on. And you're right. Now, it's not that the young um, people today are not sexually active, but there's so many means of, um, you know, birth control. Because I know there was a grandfather to the house. We, um, my mama's ministry had a yard sale. And he was talking about his granddaughter just started college. And said that, oh no, she went. He went and had her with something in her arm or some kind of birth control method, because um, she's not bringing no child back here. So it's not that it's not going on. It's just that, you know, in a lot of cases, they are um, they are having birth control um, methods. But again, you know, just like we were saying, this. None of this is God's plan. He ordained a man and a woman. And sex was between a marriage couple. And at a young age, not everybody can get that or even want to receive that. Or if that place in their life where they do receive that. So... You know, we just living life and all willy-nilly out here and just enjoying. And if you got money, you're paying or, you know, and some people say the heart wants what the heart wants. But, um, man, I just, I, I wouldn't even know how to begin to even tackle something like that. Besides, you know, I just thank God that, um, my um you know, my my children who uh my daughter's pregnant for the first time and she's thirty five and my son got married 
years before he had his children. And I'm going to kill this little one if he have, if he bring anything, you know, I'm just saying that. <laughs> if he brings somebody else, bring one home, you know, pregnant. But, um, I mean, the only thing that I do is just talk. You know, I talk to the young people. Um, but, man, I, you know, I still, I'm still thinking about when you said the articles. I couldn't even wrap my mind about how could we even begin to fix this because this is not nothing. You know, no easy fix. This is this is everyday life for people. I mean, you would be cutting off a lot. So I just I wouldn't even have the first idea. I mean, now that's something. A question: Do anybody know how can they bring besides awareness? Uh, any other thoughts, or may have thought you know, like I'm thinking right now, because I couldn't even begin to see what. Um, or anything to be done about this. Uh, D, you came back, and I'm so happy you came back, because Cassie said I was asking the wrong question of her. But I told her that I thought somehow um, our creator was playing a game on on men or um, uh, creating an unfair advantage to women where women are able to seemingly control their lust where men are unable to do so. And so uh, why is it that we seem to always have been on the short end of the stick when it comes to women uh, in the history, religious history, and also a present history where men are willing to give up their, their dream, their careers, their legacy for women? Thank you, James. Uh, and, uh, you know, I came back just in time because uh, I heard Michelle say something that kind of hit to the answer to your question. And I think the uh, the underlying answer is the word maturity. You know, uh, you know when a boy uh, is old enough to have an erection, you feel a child. That's how early that happens. I mean that that can happen to a five year old, and so and so uh, it 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 doesn't take it doesn't take much effort or uh, even uh, much consciousness to father uh, to father a child. The the underlying the hundred thousand dollar question is: Is that person mature enough? To father a child and to stand by his wife or the or the woman and marry the woman that he fathered the child by and raise the child. See, that's where that's where the men fall short. Even old, old practically but men still still show uh, a lack of maturity when it comes down to exploiting their power or uh, their position. That's why we see so much of that going on. Uh, they still lack maturity. So, you know, when Michelle was saying, and, and Ms. Uh, Kathy has said it also, that marriage is to be, has been ordained to be uh, between a man, and, and a, a married man and a woman in, in, the, in the relationship of marriage. That's because you have a chance to mature 
to to bring that relationship into some kind of fruition. But when you just have to just swing the wood left and right, and and the woman now, you know, in this day and time, don't know what to look for in the real man, you know, don't know what a man is supposed to be, and the boys have no example of what a man is supposed to be. Um, if you're ever right, it's just giving, it's crazy, you know. But I, I, I appreciate this conversation because anybody that's listening, listening in, hopefully they can pick up some pointers about what's really missing and what was meant to be a loving, lasting relationship and, and hope that uh, it will all come to a full cycle to where it can be ordained by God in marriage. Thank you, thank you. You know, our, our God or our Savior gave us a gift uh, that is one of the greatest gifts uh, we have is the ability for man and woman to become one. In a lot of instances, we have taken that and destroyed it or made uh, evil of it uh, because of the way we use it. And so we only have ourselves to blame, but it seems to be something that we are unable to correct. Uh, And so we use it in an un more in an immoral way. So Regina, you know, we we always talk about it and a lot of times when we start a subject we end the subject goes wherever it goes. But prostitution seems to be something that is never going to leave us because of the dynamic that it has. Because though men have very little control when it comes to women they have the monetary means uh, to persuade women uh, to give them what they want. So in that, it doesn't seem like it's going to go away. So not now, is 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 something called um, uh, supply and demand? As long as there is a demand, and maybe I'm, let me say this, let me say it this way. As long as women need lights, water, uh, clothes for their children or or whatever, whatever, they're going to get out there and do what they have to do. A lot of it, a lot of times it's not just, because there's an urge somewhere. Many times there's a need. And because the woman has the need and um, the man has a need, then these two needs are met by them mutually, you know, joining together. And whether you care to to admit it or not, you know, you don't have to be on the street corner to prostitute yourself. If you're getting something for for whatever reason, or you're giving your body in order to get something, that's prostitution. So it, it's no, it's never going to go away. Never, ever, ever. 
the woman at the well had how many husbands or men, and the one that she had right there with her then wasn't hers. All those other things that happened back then. Right now, there are children who need shoes and mamas who don't have the money because daddies ain't paying, so they're going to get out there and get those shoes any way they can. Refrigerators are bare. They're cutting cutting back on food stamps and EBTs. Women don't have or people don't have um, the education they need to get jobs that would pay them what they need to only have one job. So they're supplementing in order to be home to take care of the children. So prostitution is is going to always be around whether you call it that or not. All right, we're going to take a short break and come right back and allow everyone to have their final word. Cheryl, what is your final thought for this evening? Very good um, and interesting topic for this evening. Um, again, I just say gave was very thought-provoking. And I can't say we can do something about this one because I just can't say it. <laughs> But uh, I just say this is a conversation to continue. All right. All right. Regina, your final thought for this evening? 
very interesting, and we'll just have to wait it out and see what happens. All right, uh, everybody, we're at the end of an, another show, and uh, I want to ask all of you, in the sound of my voice, to call into the show at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. We're here seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Take care, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 p.m.